0: please let us pray father we pray that you bless your word and that you cause your word to bless your people in the precious name of Jesus Christ the son of the living God amen Um, as part of our series on resurrection prayer I'm preaching today from the book of Romans the eighth chapter so please um, follow along as I read from Romans chapter 8 I'll be starting from verse 11 The Bible says, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Verse 15 says, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Now, when we look at the ministry of Jesus Christ very well, at least the entire Gospels of the Bible give us an idea that Jesus kept hinting the fact that he was going to die and that after the third day he was going to resurrect now apart from just the fact that he was going to die Jesus was compassionate enough um, to keep reminding us that even though he was going to leave the length and breadth of this earth that he was not ready to leave us as orphans and in fact in the book of John Jesus said that I will not leave you as orphans he says I will pray to my father So that he would send you the Holy Spirit. He will send you another counselor and comforter. Whose main responsibility would be to guide you into all truth. Now the Apostle Paul picks on this statement that Jesus has made. And gives us an idea of what it means for the Christian um, to have some form of association. And intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. So he uses the, the chapter uh, of the book of romans the, the eighth chapter to teach us about what it means to have life as a christian through the spirit and when he begins in the 11th verse romans eight eleven, he says and if the spirit of him who raised jesus christ from the dead dwells in your mortal bodies he shall quicken your mortal bodies now what the apostle paul is telling us here is that Before we even get to the detail of what the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is doing in your life, I need you to appreciate the background of who raised Jesus Christ from the dead in the first place. In the book of Ephesians, the first chapter, the Bible says that, "...and the incomparably great power of God, which was exerted and manifested in the form of the Spirit, raised Christ from the dead." And so the Apostle Paul borrows that ideology and tells the saints in Rome, he said, Look, if that same Spirit that was able to raise Jesus Christ who died on the cross and was buried, if that same Holy Spirit was able to raise him from the dead, and more importantly, that same Holy Spirit lives inside of you, then I need you to know that that Spirit has got what it takes to quicken and give life to these mortal bodies that you possess. And as we go on, we'll get to appreciate in detail and contextually what the apostle Paul meant by this statement. And again, as he continues in verse 15, the apostle Paul says, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, and by him we cry, Abba Father. Now, whenever we talk about um slavery the concept of slavery um, at least we have some idea presented to us um, through um, the the old testament dispensation where we saw from the book of exodus the book of deuteronomy where we saw how the people of israel were kept in captivity and were made to be slaves in the in the land of egypt and around those times the bible is clear to make us know that. they did not they could not even do things out of their own volition everything they did was under duress was under fear and was under some kind of you know supervision from from the people of from the pharaohs and the authorities of egypt and so uh, the concept of slavery is actually always um clothed in some form of fear and the apostle paul gives us an idea to say look when the holy spirit of god took his abode in us as Christians, He did the, God did not take us abode just to make us slaves so that we act in fear towards him. But he said that um, he has given us the spirit of adoption so that we can comfortably call him Abba Father. Now look at this it is very important that we appreciate exactly what the apostle paul is saying here because uh, contextually speaking the apostle paul is writing to the saints in rome and he brings the concept of adoption and you see within the roman culture whenever people were going to be adopted this is what it meant it meant that the person that was being adopted would be stripped if you like of every Benefit that he was getting from the previous relation from previous family, and then begin to enjoy the full um, privileges associated with the new family in which he belongs, even as far as being eligible um, to obtain inheritance from the fatherly lineage. So, the Apostle Paul borrows this same concept to say, and in fact, if you look at the ministry of Apostle Paul very well, you would see that. that this whole idea of being transferred or moved from one family to the other to depict what it means for the christian had always been something he's very interested about because in the book of colossians when he was writing to the saints in Colossae, he said to them that we have been translated he said god has translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light so there is some form of movement from one portion of family from one different family to another family and he says that this you know movement into this family makes us eligible for certain things and one of them is that is the ability to be led by the spirit of god so the Bible says Romans 8 verse 14, it says that, and they that are the children of God are the ones that are led by the Spirit of God. So one clear evidence that we are actually being transferred and have been transferred into the kingdom of God's dear Son is when um, we are privileged to have access to the Holy Spirit. And the Apostle Paul says that in Romans the 8th chapter, the 15th verse, he says that look, that kind of adoption that has taken place actually gives us that privilege. It gives us what it takes to be able to look unto God and call him Abba Father. And if you look at, um, you know, the contextual definition of Abba, where we realize that it goes beyond just the strict kind of Father. But, you know, when we say Abba, we are talking about um, for the lack of a better word, permit me to use the word, a colloquial expression we would use for our father to say daddy or to say papa. And, there, and we are being told in the scriptures that we now have the privilege to call God our daddy. And this is, this is actually very relevant because uh, throughout the ministry of Jesus Christ himself, we saw him address God as father. When Jesus went to the um, um, to the place where his friend Lazarus was 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 dying the bible says he looked there and he said father he called his he, the name of god he said father you know and then prayed that god would bring him back to, uh, to to life and you know several several times in fact when jesus was even on the cross he says father father why have you forsaken me and when the apostles went to him to teach them how to pray the Bible says the Apostles went and says and they said teach us to pray just as John has taught his disciples to pray he said to them when you pray say our Father who is in heaven and this is a prayer that we as a church pray every Sunday to reaffirm that we are children of the living god so the apostle paul makes this very clear in the passages that he presents to us and then he goes on to say that the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are god's children and then he goes deeper to say now if we are children then we are hers that means we are entitled and heirs of god and co-heirs with christ if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Now, the last portion is very relevant for me. He says, if indeed we share in his sufferings that we may also share in his glory. So the Apostle Paul creates some some, um, contrast here, some balance here to say that, look, we are going to have an idea. We are going to have the ability to enjoy the glory associated with our transfer from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's own dear son but there is an association to that um, the sufferings of Jesus Christ and so he uses this statement to to tickle our our knowledge to let us know that there is something ahead and in the next verses he talks about our future glory as contrasted against um, the present day sufferings look at what he says verse 18 he says I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Look at what it says in verse 22. It says, We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the spirits, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as children, the redemption, which is the redemption of our bodies. Now, look at the the wisdom that is presented here by the scriptures. The Apostle Paul says that we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Look at this. Um, When you go to the book of Revelations, the 21st chapter, from the first verse to the fourth verse, the Apostle John, by the spirit of Revelation, where Jesus revealed um, future things to him, he told us, he said that, and behold, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, because the old earth and the old heaven had passed away. And he said, behold, I also saw the new city, the heavenly Jerusalem, that was being brought down from heaven as a beautiful bride that was being prepared to go meet her husband. And look at what he says. He says that in that dispensation there will be no more death, there will be no more sorrow, there will be no more um, worries, there will be no more anxiety. Now the Apostle Paul now tells us here in the book of Romans that all creation, actually are awaiting for that moment, for that dispensation, because of the present-day sufferings, all creation is actually awaiting that moment where there will be no more sorrow, where there will be no more death, where there will be no more worries and anxieties and frustrations. And look at that wisdom approach that he uses. He says that the creation is actually awaiting and groaning just like the pains that is in childbirth. And this is very relevant. Look at this. Um, the Apostle Paul now uses this to make us understand that truly, the pains of childbirth, you know, synonymous to the pain he's talking about here, is vivid. It's something you can't, you know, hide away from. It's something you can't pretend does not exist. So the pain is real, that we feel the pain. But the interesting thing is that when we, when a, a pregnant woman goes in labor in the long run after the short moment of, of of temporary pain in the long run it's going to end in joy because the birth of a new child will bring joy and glory to the woman and to the people around her in fact Jesus himself Jesus himself borrowed the same concept to teach about this in the book of John I think the 16th chapter if I'm right John 16 Jesus was teaching and he said something he said that uh, when a woman is in labor when a woman is in labor she goes through pains but he said after the woman delivers she forgets about her anguish because of the joy that a new child has been born into the world and Jesus said so it is that I will when I meet you again you shall have joy even though you are having sufferings today And that joy can never be taken from you by anybody. John 16, 21 to 22. That's right. Where Jesus talks about this. He said, yes, you're going to have anguish just like the way when when a pregnant woman is in labor, she goes through the pain. But the point is that right after giving birth, she forgets about the entire pain and that she begins to have joy. And that joy can never be stolen or taken away from her what is the import of this for us today because we are in a moment and we are in a dispensation of the world where um, the entire you know the entire world is characterized by by fear characterized by anxiety characterized by a lot of worries and the bible says that the entire creation is waiting in endless expectation is groaning you know as in the pains of childbirth that all of these things will come to an end and in fact in verse 23 he says not just the creation that even we ourselves that are filled with the spirit of God are also groaning you know with the pains of of a pregnant woman going into labor but the good news for us as Christians is that we know and we have the hope that he who has promised us has never failed and he uses the, the concept and illustration of a pregnant woman in labor which means for sure we are going to go into labor and feel the temporal pain but eventually the joy that has been promised to us will go as it's going to come so he says that I, I reckon that the present sufferings can never be compared to the future glory I pray that we would be able to make meaning out of words of this nature, so that as we go through the difficult stages and difficult phases of life and, you know, this dispensation, the words of God will never be forgotten in our lives. Please, let's pray. Let's pray together. Father, thank you once again. Thank you that you have blessed your word and thank you that your word has truly blessed your people. We give you praise and we give you glory. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen.